Hello and welcome to the new Superhero Finder podcast from IDIFM. I'm Matt and I'm going to be scouring the cosmos looking for unsung heroes, the superheroes of real life spreading some amazing positivity and listening to some fascinating, incredible stories. So sit comfortably, get yourself a brew and enjoy. Hello and welcome to my very first Ask the Expert um, as part of IDIFM. So we have Kat with us today. She's a sports massage therapist and personal trainer. Um, And just tell us a bit about yourself, Kat. Okay. Um, I'm Kat. Um, I qualified as a sports massage therapist back in March 2019. Um, So I've been doing it about 18 months now. No, maybe a bit less. Um, And I made my own business so I do it part-time so I still work uh, in an admin role for a forensics company Uh, and then I do this Tuesday and Wednesdays at uh, my Methley site um, and do it on an evening so I enjoy helping people Um, I've enjoyed the process so I've done mainly the sports massage side of things Mm -hmm. Um, and then recently I went on to do uh, my personal training so that was right at the beginning of the year um, did my fitness instructor level two and then I qualified as my level three in August so I haven't really had a chance to use that yet um because of a pandemic maybe uh so yeah, it's been an was, interesting year isn't it yeah just a little bit <laughs> so it has um struggled for has had a struggle for a lot of people who are qualified with as well so it's not just uh, some of us um so yeah I've I had one personal training session before it all went into lockdown. So it's, um, I've had a personal trainer as well for three years. So I had that background and knowledge from them. Um, and then went, yeah. that's how I kind of got into wanting to do sports massage really, was um, having a personal trainer and seeing how confident I got through uh, exercise um and being able to help people having helped people now during sports massage it was just it's a nice happy feeling you know when you've you've helped someone whereas in my my main full-time job um I'm just kind of like yeah another criminal's gone <laughs> to jail I was like it's, it's not it's kind of a very opposite job to what I usually would do on an evening so it's yeah I have enjoyed it yeah, they are completely different. And I've always been fascinated when you first told me you were in forensics and stuff. But and obviously in, in terms of sports massage therapy, I've been and you know, I've worked with you and we've been looking at my shoulder and some injuries and stuff on that. Um yeah. and I was I did have a list of questions that I was going to ask, but you've pretty much covered some of them first ones off anyway. Um oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um did you feel nervous when you first so I know you've just started PT, but in terms of when you just when you started massage, how did you kind of get into it and gain that confidence because there's a lot of knowledge comes from the course I know it's very very Mm. much in depth um how did you find the best way to apply that I was very much the imposter syndrome at first kind of do I know enough to warrant having someone like pay me to know what I'm supposed to be doing kind of thing so it was very very nervous at first you had to do practice massages um on 10 people um, I think you could do between 10 and 20 people so I had to practice before I could actually qualify 
So I had to, I had friends, um, I had to do it on friends, it couldn't be just general public. Um, so I had uh, 10 friends to massage and then I get feedback. So I did a feedback questionnaire with them to find out how they felt, mm -hmm. how they, I came across, um, could I have done anything differently? So I did, I did want pros and cons, I wanted to know what I could do better. Um, so I did learn from that and you do gain confidence during um, uh, the experience. And as most people around me know now that I do like to learn a lot. <laughs> I've kind of uh, very much based on anatomy now. So I do um, a lot of courses. Um, I'm going to be doing another one at the end of November, which is based on starting from the bones and working up from ligaments, tendons, muscles, so that, because you never stop learning. So it's, it, we're starting on the foot and then we're working up the body. So it's, it's very much learning. And I'm also doing a cadaver workshop in June next year. So it's, it's very much good. It's really good to know what you're massaging because it's, it's, I have been compared to like, I've had people say, what's the difference between you and a spa massage? And I've kind of gone, mm. I was like, no, I, I feel like I'm more like a body detective sometimes. Yes. Um, so Point I'm there to palpate, feel where you're having problems. It might be that I realize you find pain where you didn't think you had it. Um, I'm there to help to find uh, not to find issues, um, to seek out what uh, could be the cause of the issue. Um, we're not allowed to diagnose, but we can give an idea of where um, you might be having issues. Yeah, because from my experience of it, somebody, you know, I would come to you if I knew there was something a bit tight and therefore you would then be able to find out what the cause of that is. So you're not, you know, you're not necessarily diagnosing something, but it's just finding what may be causing the ailment that I've, you know, I've come to you with. So that completely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because you're feeling around the area. So you're, yeah. um, you'll be feeling around the muscles, especially like the shoulder, the rotator cuff area. So you'll be finding like putting your thumbs in like the Terry's minor or anything like that, where you're actually trying to, <laughs> to find where it could be coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you, you said imposter syndrome then as well, because it's something that I'm massively researching at the moment, because I find myself in that position quite a lot. And sometimes you just feel like you always need to be learning to keep up and to, to kind of almost almost justify your role running a business mm -hmm. and, and to be the one that's responsible for somebody else's welfare and health and you know and, and yeah. fitness and everything else are there are there, um, are there still days where you know that would make you feel a bit indifferent about what you do or less confident or I deal with it better than I used to I used to kind of panic and go oh god I'm supposed to know everything no one and then I realized no one knows everything and it's the way you deal with it so it's that you'll um go oh I haven't been asked that um but I will go and have a look into that for you and I'll research it so usually I'll get back to them later so it's just a way of going back having a look either in some books or on the internet at certain research papers having a look and getting back to them because I'd rather do that than rush an answer and give them a half-assed attempt and going well this is all I know when I could actually just go back research a little bit 
and then go in with a better answer and or if I don't know and it's completely out of my remit then I will refer on that's where you've got to be confident and comfortable yeah. and that you don't know enough or it could be that um uh, it's something kind of an osteopath or a physio should be mm. dealing with and it's starting to go out of my remit I'm trying to think of a scenario but I can't think of one um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had someone who had like more of a, a slip disc kind mm. of area. So I know that was not my remit or they. Oh, no, I had someone. Um, he was someone I'd had before, um, but he'd uh, jarred his knee. Um, and I was like, well, that sounds more like something that you should really see a physio for. Um, but I was able to refer him on to someone I knew. So it's, it's making a network in your area as well mm-hmm. of people that you can refer on to and it's it's definitely better to have that network than trying to see someone you know that you uh, are not confident seeing yeah it's almost it's almost almost the reverse confidence it's the confidence that you are aware of your scope of practice your skill set where you're comfortable working and then knowing where to draw the line and say actually to get the best to serve you best i'm going to be better to refer you to somebody else um yeah and that's that's not easy to do I think sometimes, yeah. especially this year when you're self-employed, you know, there's there's financial needs you need to to consider as well. Um, but yeah. actually, you know, hats off to you for, for being able to do that. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I suppose, not more money-based. I'd love it to be. But um, it's <laughs> definitely more um, empathy. I, I suppose I have that empathetic. I, I want to make sure that they're getting the best treatment they can get. And if I know I can't give it to them, I will give them someone who can. So it's, yes. it's yeah. the best for that person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. I know we spoke about before we came on today, um, one of the big things that you come across or one of the big questions you get asked and that, that you say all the time is about stretching. So yeah. before and after exercise. So I just wonder if you could shine some light on, because there's that many theories out there on what's the best to do. What have you found is, is the best? Yes, there's many many things with research and there's going to be so many different opinions on this um but definitely what i've noticed recently and through research which i've heard more about um through different forums and sports massage forums that i'm a part of um is that there's the dynamic stretching which we learned in personal training is you have dynamic stretching and static stretching I never, I don't really understand why it's called dynamic stretching because you're not really, it's not really a stretch, it's a dynamic movement. You're just mm-hmm. moving, you, so you're mimicking what you're going to be doing in your actual exercise. So it could be that you're going to be doing a shoulder day. So you'll, you'll do some external rotations, you'll do some um, movements, so you're working the whole rotator cuff. So you're warming up the entire area, might be using resistance bands, just anything that's low weight, but it's just to help warm up the synovial fluid in the in the joints before you're going on to do the heavy lifting so that there's less chance of injury. Whereas if you did like static stretches, you're overworking those areas where you don't actually need to stretch them that much if you're going to be doing any like shoulder exercises you're not going to be there doing like big extra stretches to to work that far um you'd be probably only a small stretch you don't need to go full on um 
So it would be a case of just warming up those muscles, warming up the shoulders before going on. It's the same with the running. I, I've got a good YouTube video I usually share with runners um, and it's a dynamic running movement. So it's it's kind of an over, over movement and over stretch, like an over lunge, like okay. <laughs> trying to describe it. Um, it's kind of like an unusual walk, but it's yeah. like a funny. It's like the Ministry of, of Funny Walks, Monty Python. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a bit yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of an a mimic of the run you're going to do. So, but you're doing it to warm up the legs before you go on to do the the full stretch out. Yeah. Um, so you're all warmed up beforehand, because I'm trying to make it more important for runners to make sure, especially at this time of year that they're wearing either, I'd say compression socks or anything where it's, it's keeping the legs warm um, before you're going to go out and do a run. So it's okay. just that kind of thing. Yeah, because now, especially during this time, so we're in a four week lockdown period now, um, more and more people are gonna be going out for a run or for a walk, um, especially up hills as well. So if we've got people going and doing the peaks and things like that, is there anything specific that you could say would help in that? Because your foot's at a really weird angle then, isn't it, if you're going uphill? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely would do some kind of, you know, like elevated calf stretches, but it's, it's not a calf stretch, but it's, um, you know, where you do a elevated lift on the mm -hmm. calf um, or you do like leg swings, so forward and back, but it would probably be good to do like hurdles as well. So like the hurdle move where your legs out to the side so that you're warming up the full hip because the amount of, even when I've done like just short walks, you can definitely feel it in the groin area um, and you will feel it in the hip because that it's just that repetitive move back and yeah. forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's the same plane of movement all the time. So it's good to warm up the hips um, before any kind of like long distance walk or any kind of walk, if you're not used to walking for a long period of time anyway, uh, any kind of just warming up those hips before going out on a cold day, just yeah. so that they are warm beforehand. Yeah, and that video you mentioned actually, would be really good to get a link of that because I'll put it yeah. with, the, with the video when I put it out because it's always useful just to be able to watch something before you go out, um, I think for anyone watching. Yeah, I definitely, um, I've definitely been sharing that um, yeah. with a couple of my runners recently there. Uh, I'm hoping they've used it, um, but it is definitely one that's quite a good one to use because he is, it's um, Tom Marshall, he's um, an athlete runner, so he's done a practice one, he's through Sports Injury Fix, he works for now, um, but he's done this um, YouTube video to show dynamic oh, stretch for runners. So, yeah. Oh, great stuff, no, that sounds really useful. Um, I know we had a couple of questions from um, a couple of the members of my group. Um, one of them was based around um, a sciatica. So it wasn't anything specific, but is there anything that you've come across or anything you can suggest for anyone having niggles with the sciatica or sciatic nerve? Or... Yeah. Um, the one thing I'd like to try and spread the word of is... Uh, sciatica is not a cause it's a symptom it's there is something that's causing you to have sciatica it's not the end it's like oh, it, people use it and go oh I've got sciatica but it's it's what's causing you to have the sciatica in the first place um it's that I'll give myself an as an example I had an accident probably about 
15, 20 years ago now, I'm that old, um, where I worked <laughs> at the museum. Um, I worked at the Royal Armouries and I came out there and I tripped over some paving. Um, they were laying some paving and they had some string out and I tripped over it in the dark um, and I just went flying. So it was the impact that caused me to jar my back. So it was all that that just inflamed the sciatic nerve. Uh, not the, the inflamed the muscles around it that yeah. pressed onto the sighting. So with most people, it will either be a case of the lower back. So you'll either have, it's I think from L5 to S1. So your lower back is where sciatic nerve comes from. So it's, you'll get the spinal cord and then it splits into the sciatic nerve and then goes down your back. So it'll go into, uh, through the pelvis, through the sciatic notch, which then comes through into your um, glutes Mm -hmm. uh, and then your little piriformis muscle. So it goes underneath there and goes down to your legs, um, which is why people will feel that radiating pain of like pins and needles feeling down the back of the leg yeah. and they've got sciatica. Um, sometimes we've, I've only found out recently through more learning, uh, is that some people will get the split of the nerve higher up. So it can actually be as higher up as the sciatic notch the, the little hole in the pelvis where usually it would just be one nerve, but it can split there instead of behind the knee, where is it supposed to happen? Um, so it's usually, I think they say about 15% of the population will have that and you won't know. It'll just be that it's more sensitive um, in that area than it might be for others. Because um, usually it would split at the popliteal behind the knee and turn into two nerves. Um, usually either that or it could be inflammation with the um, muscles uh, like a piriformis pushing on the sciatic nerve itself um, that is causing issues. Um, I've had that. Uh, usually if I do some glute work on someone, you can tell. <laughs> There's a little bit of pain. <laughs> um, so sometimes it can be radiated from that area. It can be an irritation, it could be some muscles that are um, causing tightness or like um, a tightness in that area because of work um, exercise. Um, so it's all, it's depending on what's really affecting the area to mm. what is causing the sciatic problem. So there's um, no specific stretches then because it, I, I suppose it depends on what's causing it. Um, so, yeah. It's, I've given, uh, if it's the glutes one, if it's anything to do with the glutes, piriformis, um, there's the spiky ball one, which I've given to people, or um, anything that's like a tennis ball, so it's got a bit of a give in it, not, nothing as hard as uh, yeah. some people have been using hockey balls or cricket balls, and I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's a bit too painful. Um, something that's got a bit of give in it, but it's still got some, some structure to it. Um, where you either lean against a wall and have your bottom against it so that you've got yeah. the, the back of the, the ball against the wall. Uh, and then you're just rolling back and forward and you can put as much pain uh, pressure on it as possible as you want. Um, and then roll back and forward or do figures of eights. And just to get into that, that area, you can kind of tell more when I've massaged it where it is that they need to be. Mm. Um, but they'll feel it themselves. You can either do it against the wall or sat on a chair, but with sitting on a chair, you, you're going to find it harder to have to that amount because it'll be your full weight on it. So it's, it's yeah. going to be harder for you to hold your weight off it if it's yeah. too much pain. Yeah. So I usually say against the wall rather than on a chair. Um, 
if it's lower back it's harder because you could have you have to then look into whether it could be a herniated disc um okay. i haven't got x-ray vision so i can't tell whether there's anything <laughs> in the spine area um i can do like feeling down the back i can um feel like where there's like the sciatic kind of be seen as a trigger point where it would feel the pain um, before it would then go into the glutes so if they feel it higher up in the lower back then i know it could potentially be radiating from that area rather than from the glutes um but I wouldn't be able to tell the full story. It'd be more to do with what could have affected it, what started it off in the first place. Have mm. they had an accident? Is it just from sitting in a chair all day at work? Um, is it just because they've been in that position all day? It's just yeah. been sat on their bottom all day. You know, it's they've it's not had any work. So it might be work uh, use of doing some donkey kicks or high kicks, you know, where you're uh, kickbacks. Yeah. So you're, you're actually working the glutes to strengthen up the muscles again because yeah. they're just not doing anything. It might, might be another reason why sciatica as well. Um, just a weakness of the muscles in that area. Okay. Because there are, well, it's the posterior chain, isn't it? The backs of the lower yeah. back, the glutes and the, the legs or the hamstrings. Um, that there can be quite a lot of linked things in there. So is that something yeah. that? So I think it, I think it was Helen that asked that question. Is that something that someone like you, as a sports massage therapist, will be able to maybe work with and and try and see if there's any way you can you can free that up? Is that yeah, your yeah. kind of remit? Yeah, there's like um, a test you can do. There's like a W test. It's called um, where you do like back, glutes, hamstrings, and then you get them to lift the leg. So if they're facing, they're on their front. They get to lift their leg and you can see whether they're all, they're kind of in the right sequence. So if it's like hamstrings, glutes, so they'll, we'll see if there's any kind of um, strength in the glutes at all, yeah. or whether it's all back or whether it's yeah. legs. So it's, it's good to work out whether the pattern's in the right order yeah. when it comes yeah. to it, or whether they do need to strengthen certain muscles. So that's where the PT side of things comes in. Yeah um with being able to set exercise plans and that kind of thing and sending them away with exercises to help strengthen the muscles again so helen when you're watching this let's get you in touch with the <laughs> cat and see if we can try and diagnose that and we have one more question from rachel um she says i'm just reading it from my phone here um i have bursitis in my hip um, and very painful knee joints due to wear and tear this means many stretches for hips i'm not able to do I'd love some tips on how to handle the bursitis as they won't do steroids into the area due to the situation at the moment um, mm. with COVID, etc. Is there anything, yeah. any any advice you can give on that from your experience? That's another, it's similar to the sciatic side okay. of things where you've got to look at the cause why she's getting bursitis in the first place. Because like we were saying like, yes, you can have cortisol injections, but they're short term, like they'll be fine, they will help. But it's then you've got to look at the likelihood of getting bursitis again. So it's knowing what it was in the first place that's causing the bursitis. Yeah. So it's um, especially in the because it's the movable joints that are the main areas that are going to get bursitis because it's as bursitis is it's um, these bursa sacs. So they're filled, fluid filled sacs that um, you are either in your um, shoulder, elbow, hip and knee. So those are the main areas that people can get bursitis from due to friction. So when the friction happens, because the, the bursas are there to help stop 
Mm -hmm. the bones rubbing together so when the friction happens it's when it gets inflamed and can deform so it's you sometimes have, i've seen it you can see it more in knees so you can see where the the knee pops out more so mm. it's it's um it's very painful um but it's looking at why people are getting it in the first place is it that the the muscles around the area are not Straight, uh, not working they have a, the working more one muscle more than the other yeah so there could be an imbalance um there's there are lots of exercises for bursitis especially the hip they've got uh, like the clam you know where you have your feet together um and then you're just opening the legs yeah um on your side um and then you can uh, gradually bring in the resistance band um, if you want to, when you're getting the strength back in the glutes, um, is looking at where what muscles are weak in that area as well. What what muscles are being overused, or where the imbalance is that's causing the bursitis in the hips. I don't know if she's a runner or anything like that, um, but there's a lot of friction in the hips, um, so it could be that there's some uh, tension uh, from some of the ligaments. That are in that area especially the it band uh any kind of fascia in that area is very thick thing yeah <laughs> a yeah. very thick fascia band um so it can cause friction so it's working against those there's a thing i like to talk about which is the three planes of movement uh -huh. um you've got your frontal the, the lateral and the transverse and it's making sure we use them all and not just forward forward because all we do usually is walking and um, so we're always using the frontal yep. um plane of movement all the time so we need to make sure we are still using um the transverse and the lateral as well mm -hmm. so you'd be your lateral raises it would be your abduction adduction work things like um, um side steps rather necessarily you know yeah. sidestepping rather than jogging forward if you're just doing short yeah. distances and things like yeah, that side lunge um yeah. doing side steps using a resistance band um anything where like swimming is great because you're using you just your whole body supported and you can just mm. um and you're using kind of all your planes of movement really um transverse is more you're twisting so it's like more your shot putt your javelin kind of kind of yeah. where you're twisting and using your mid your trunk really um, so that it's making sure we use them all so that we're not putting so much strain on the same repetitive. It is a repetitive strain uh, of just doing the same movement over again. Yeah, because what naturally happens, and I know from, from being a PT and what I've learned as well, is that if we underuse, so we concentrate on one thing, it'll make that stronger, but then there's inherent problems because then the others from underuse get weaker. So yeah. then actually, in terms of applying power, in, in terms of applying movement, it can get quite difficult, can't it? Yeah, although it's like the ones I do quite a lot, it's like leg press, deadlifts, squats. Mm -hmm. They're all kind of very same movement, mm -hmm. uh, even like leg extension. They're all the same. They're all up, down, up, down there and up and down again. So it's not, it's making sure you, even though people aren't as uh, bothered about doing adduction, abduction machines at the, on the legs mm -hmm. at, at the gym, it's it's really useful. It's especially good for the like the glute medius yeah. as well, and you know getting all the smaller muscles that are not getting used as much on a daily basis, especially when, if you do have a desk job, and you are well, yeah. just sitting all day. So it's it's good for that. 
no absolutely perfect um how is in fact i'm going to go to something else first so if you had a couple of sentences of advice you could give someone so particularly at the moment i think we're in lockdown so there's a lot of people working from home this year um so i would say there's going to be a lot more people feeling maybe low back issues from being sat you know on a chair that's unfamiliar something like that so is there something that a short snippet that someone can take away from this kind of interview and and be useful really is there anything that, that you can think of that comes to mind uh definitely taking breaks um if you're sat for it there's always usually even when you're at work they always say take a 15 minute break every or take so many minutes every 20 minutes that never happens um <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a job where you've done that but um it's no. making sure that when you're i think your body starts to tell you anyway mm-hmm. that when you're sat at your desk and your back starts to hunch and you start to feel stiff it's already starting to feel it so get up um i've given uh, exercises of uh, kickbacks um, to just stand behind the chair mm-hmm. and do kickbacks um, any kind of glute exercise so that you're you're working your lower back and your glutes just so that because you're just sat up on them that's where the lower back start to hurt there's some good um, YouTube videos I think but I was going to do one I haven't yet um, where <laughs> doing some even just sat on your chair where you yeah. just twist so yep. you're just twisting your top half and twisting the other way just to make sure you are the, like twisting the trunk. So it's a transverse move just to help stretch out that lower back. It's, it's a good one. Like Might be a good reason for you to do that video now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fab. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for it. So just in summary then. So this is me thinking if I've heard you right then. So in terms of stretching, the best thing to do would be maybe to mimic the movement you're going to do, but with a lightweight or no weight to warm up. Yes. Yeah. And then you can already see yeah. the niggles there. And then in terms of when you sat down for a long time, listen to your body. If anything feels tight or it's been a long time since you've had a break, maybe stand up, maybe just move, especially your hips if they're getting tight as well and just make sure everything yeah. keeps moving. Um, make sure to have more breaks. Yeah. And just make sure. So, so basically, when your Fit Watch tells you that you've not stood up for an hour, you really should listen to it. Yes. yes. Yeah. Listen to yes. your watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the technology there, we might as well use it. Eh? Yeah. And yeah. if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Kat, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram uh, on at Stasis Sports Massage, or I'm on Facebook as well as at uh, is Stasis Sports Massage Therapy. Therapy. Uh, you can find me there. Perfect. And yeah, if you could send me the links to those videos, that'd be fantastic for me to put below. And uh, thank you very much. That's all right. My pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as I did interviewing yet another fantastic superhero. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do. But if you want to follow me even more, check out the other episodes of the podcast, check out my YouTube videos, and also you can get me on Instagram at I'm doing it for dot me, which is actually the website address too. So whatever you're doing today, have a fantastic day and stay super.